Land. Welcome to the Honda Hack Podcast. Today, I have a good friend of the podcast, old friend of the podcast, Gus Exodus, is going to be joining us. We'll try to make it through the podcast without the new podcast puppy waking up and, and throwing a fit. Uh, so he's sitting in my lap right now. Ghost, it's uh, awesome to have you back, man. It's been a long time. Um, we've had a little bit of collaboration since uh, the last time we spoke. So tell, tell us what you're doing. Tell us who you are in case people have been living under, underneath a rock. And uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, what's up, everyone? Yeah, this is Ghost Exodus. Um, a lot has happened since the last time I was uh, invited to your podcast. Now I'm a full-time humanitarian activist, um, and I I work uh, with a with a committee that uh, has a congressman who's a part of it. Um, I well, I work in warehousing nowadays, but um, I haven't really step back into the cybersecurity industry, except in the capacity as a freelance writer, which I absolutely love. Um, and um, I don't know, I'm just, that's pretty much what my, what my gig is, is um, working a, an everyday nine to five and just humanitarian work and just, just writing. It's, I'm finally getting to do what I love. So it, it's, it's, been, it's been quite a journey. That's pretty awesome. Um, I know that, you know, last year I got had the opportunity to, to work with Kaspersky and uh, Euronews and did a, a short documentary um, film for Euronews. And it rolled up again this year for the opportunity. And I reached out to you and, and we're both going to be on that 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 first episode of I think it's called uh, Hunted Hacker or something like that or Hunter Hacker. Um and it's going to be on your own and it's funded by Kaspersky. Tell tell me about your experience with that, and I'll tell you about mine. Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, you sent me the invite. I spoke to them uh, via email, and I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I actually still haven't <laughs> Googled them all the way just to just to see like some of the things that they've featured. Uh, my life is, is goes zero to 90. As soon as I wake up, as soon as my eyes open, just, I am moving. So, um, I went to, to, um, to CypherCon in Milwaukee, uh, to give my, give my talk there. And they had an office and I went in and I guess I was actually taken back because, uh, uh I didn't expect to see the setup, the gig. I did the equipment, just, just everything. It, it was not like a, a something that's low key. It was like a big deal. And I guess I was kind of in a state of shock when I walked into their, uh, into their studio and I didn't know when it would start. They just asked me, you know, tell us about yourself, about your life story. So I just started talking and I didn't know when they had started recording but i just let it just did it and um then they followed me around cyphercon um which was which was interesting and they caught my 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 talk but it was a very phenomenal experience i they were very professional and, and just very sweet um i really liked working with them yeah they're, they're pretty awesome i've, I've had nothing yeah. to say about lauren and the people over there they make you feel really at home. I thought what was really cool, I don't know if they used the same camera for you, but they had um, 
this camera that had an iPad and the iPad had a mirror and the image from the iPad from the Zoom meeting that Laura was on reflected into the lens of the camera. So she's yes. asking questions and I'm looking into the lens. It was so freaky. Like it was just really, really weird. Yeah. But it's so much fun. So tell me about the, the activism you're doing now. Tell me, dive a little bit deeper into that, if you will. It's very noisy. I'm like hiding in the corner here, trying to like dodge noisy. <laughs> um, right now, uh, we launched a campaign called Twitter Protect Our Children. Um, and the focus of this campaign uh, it's it's a change.org campaign. And if, for some of those who, who don't you know, know, like those things, uh, they are legitimate if you can get enough signatures. If you can get enough signatures, then it can get bumped up or escalated to the House of Representatives. Um, with, an, with a certain amount of signatures, it can also be published on the White House website. And if you reach a certain milestone, um, it will be discussed. Um, it, it will be brought to the attention of whoever the recipient is, and, and then things will go from there. Um, and so the point of it is that I'm a part of a, of a group called uh, Winter Storm that uh, is known for uh, performing online sting operations against online predators, against children. Um, and we are just one small nexus in a, in a whole like Huge a whole landscape of, right. of hunters and Twitter will like they're they don't utilize algorithms that will flag a lot of inappropriate content at all um right. you might find images of bestiality you will find uh just things that are like pornographic uh and like I said, like there, there's no like content filtering that is uh, or limiting access to this type of content. And like if you were to do this on Facebook, Facebook's algorithms would suspend your account almost yeah. instantaneously, probably right. even before you hit the submit button. Right. <laughs> um, so over here on, on Twitter, uh, which is just home to just millions of users. Like there's, there's no reason why Twitter incorporated can't uh, implement some type of effective content filtering that would uh, restrict or limit uh, access to this type of information, uh, this type of, of content and also right. flag content uh, through, you know, that, that is being searched for. Yeah. Uh, Google can do this um, and, and create like a ticket system for them to, to look into and then escalate to the proper authorities. Um, this would make it so much easier because after 11 being locked up in federal prison for 11 years and, and, and housed with thousands and thousands of sex offenders, of all the cases that I've researched and all the people that I've, that I've seen and the cases that I've heard, I've never once met or learned of a person who was sent to federal prison for some type of CP related activity based on someone hitting a report button on Twitter. And that tells me something that, that, that Twitter really isn't uh, escalating these, 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 these things, which are crime, 
um, to the proper authorities, but it also tells us that um, that uh, whenever a lot of these accounts are reported and are taken down, they reappear elsewhere. Um, and so that tells us that Twitter does not is not implementing this. Uh, that is, it's not something that's on the agenda, but maybe it can be. Same platform, though, that also gave verification check marks to the Taliban. I mean, so when when you look at at who they value and what they value, it's it's kind of questionable, you know. So really, why why are they looking the other way when it comes to these images, right? And one thing that really pisses me off when when people talk about child pornography and and you know exploiting kids is. You know, well, the images, I hear this excuse a lot, especially when I'm looking at court cases, the images didn't affect anybody. No, they affect people for life. Like the, it's not a victimless crime. And I, I hate it's it not. when it looks the other way, but then gives verification to people like the Taliban. Like that makes no fucking sense. No, you're absolutely right. It is not a victimless crime. And, you know, these these are images of, of, of children who were and are being abused. Uh, and that's, a, that's another thing is that um, like in 2009, I had come across a case. Uh, I think it was a, a USA versus Jason Childs um, in, in this man's uh, like docket somewhere in his docket and his case files there was an affidavit by the FBI that's that stated uh, the officer's name who was who was supplementing you know this affidavit and that the FBI uh, operated at the time and they may still do uh, but at the time they operated a a, a database uh, full of of those images uh, and each one of those images was assigned a unique MD5 hash fingerprint. And then they would distribute these images, um, this media over P2P networks and over certain websites. Um, and just reading this, my jaw dropped because someone's child, uh, you know, being abused, like this is someone, this is a person being abused uh, and, and their images being distributed over the internet. I don't even know if it's with their consent, but I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that. It's doubtful that thousands and thousands of, 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 of people gave their consent for this. So like what went, what, what I do um, is that I can use, and you can see like I am a bearded man. I'm almost 40. I, I can use FaceApp to lodge flip my gender, so to speak, make myself look younger. And, and I can use image that are, uh, you know, altered images of myself to lure uh, our targets in chats uh, to engage them. And the point is, is that we want to obtain some type of uh, Link to their personal identifier, such as a phone number. If we can get a phone number, you know, we can reverse that. We can get a name. We can do a little bit of research. We can look over social media. I can also, um, you know, look up this 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 name. Once we've confirmed the name on like um, uh, ancestry.com, 
which has mar marriage records, death records, a whole family tree, pretty much uh, corner the individual um, because we want to extract as much information from this person as possible without, you know, using hacking skills. I don't want to use hacking skills, so I don't. Uh, this is purely something that's social engineering. And, and once we have the information, the information can be escalated, uh, uh, bumped up to one of these uh, these watch groups, these these uh, websites, which we've published on, on my own website, uh, because, you know, law enforcement doesn't work directly um, with people. And there's a reason why um, law enforcement consider this to be entrapment. Hold on, there's an airplane. <laughs> Even though they implement the same uh, techniques that we do, it's not entrapment. It's kind of self-serving. But if you think about it, uh, there is not enough uh, resources to, to cover this landscape. There's not. And so another thing on our agenda is to try to see if we can um, petition law enforcement to open up channels to work with the community. Not, right. not this like uh, informant bullshit we don't want right. that we don't want that type of relationship we want members of society anyone to be able to supplement this type of things that they come across on the internet directly to them which would be ideal right so here's a here's a question for you so you know battling the the i guess it would be like the lower level um criminals when it comes to pedophilia i worry about more of like the epsteins and and the Giselles and, and what happens with, with those, you know, I guess their client list was never published. Like why, why is it so corrupt from the top up? And it, you know, all this work that you're doing down below, do you think it's really going to affect the higher echelons that have been doing this for? Oh, for no, nah. no, you're right. Because um, it's the higher, the higher echelons who are using legislation and using the law and using every resource in, you know, in that whole spectrum of, of, of tools and power and influence to remain unseen. Um, you've, you may have noticed uh, th there's been a lot of buzz on social media about, I think it was uh, the UN uh, possibly trying to, to legalize child adult marriage and there was a, a, a kind of like a simulation of that here in the States. Now, it wasn't real, but it was like an emulation to try to see how the public would react. And so if you see in the video, and it is a viral video, uh, you see this 50-year-old this woman with a, he looked like a 12-year-old like a boy. Uh, and they're wearing uh, wedding garments, and they're in like, a very popular place. I don't know where it is, maybe Times Square, just somewhere in the wide open. And there's people everywhere reacting in different ways. Right. And the reason why this is, this is being discussed uh, is being like, like, it's like a prank, but they want to know how people are going to react is right. because this is now something that the higher echelons are trying to normalize. Right. It and seems we like don't want that to happen. It seems like a lot of stuff they're trying to normalize, like this this gender, you know, fluidity and and all of these these arguments too. And um, you know, I personally, like when I walk down the street and I look at somebody, I don't think in my head, gee, I wonder what sex they identify with. That that never registers with me. 
But yet it, they make it, it a focal point of everything. It's a political argument for everything that happens now. And it's like they're trying to desensitize us and move us into an area where there's just so much mass confusion. But if you look at like the empires in the past, like the Roman Empire, Byzantine, all the way back, you know, every empire about 250 years, that's their lifespan, right? But what happens towards the end of that lifespan? They start losing the, the idea of gender, right? So you look at Rome and how they had like the Munichs and, and you know, that's part of the decay of empires. And it seems like we're on the fast track for that shit to happen because from the top down, it's like they're normalizing, you know, child sex, you know, exploitation, all this crazy shit that we never would have thought of before as far as like on a government level, but they're making it okay. Yeah. Um, it is just another element to divide us against each other so that we now have, we don't understand each other. And I don't know, it, it's difficult also because our generation is very different than this new one. Um, and trying to speak the same language and understand the same like new social thought, I, I find it very difficult um, at times. Um, but you know, having to, I don't know, it's, it's just is a very different, it's a different world than the way I left it when I went in right. to the system, then coming out in like this slow moving time machine, everything is I'm still adjusting to the new norms because they're, they're evolving so quickly. Right. And as I'm trying to grasp concepts, like they've already evolved into a, into a new, new life form. It's taking a life of its own. Yeah. I remember when I um, said that uh, raspberry pie, when we first connected, you'd never seen a raspberry yeah. pie. But here, take this. You got to check this shit out. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah. The, just on the, 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 the technological landscape, is 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 has done like this quantum leap from the the time of windows xp and flip phones and and i know some people watching this would be like they, they can't relate but that's how it was for me before yeah. when in 2009 when i went into prison i come out 11 years later and now everybody is 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 on their phones you know and all the relationships look like this you know and uh and now we have, you know, chat GPT, uh, like AI and, um, and virtual reality. Like people are like, yeah, we had virtual reality, but yeah, you no. didn't have it back in my dream. It wasn't commercialized. <laughs> we, had those little, we had those 3d viewers, what do they call 3d maxes? Those little, uh, that you put the little disc in it and hit the lever on the side and it gives you a 3d. Yeah. Picture. I had that as, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was our like alternate reality right. as a kid. <laughs> sad um but divide and conquer is, is a very real thing yeah. we are so divided now and it's it's not even politically i mean it is politically but like it's not just that it's it's everything now has divided us and and if we as a nation like if we could ever stand together in solidarity that would be a problem because what you're seeing now is that the government no longer fears the people right. at all no. It can do whatever it wants now because we're so divided and fighting amongst each other that it's almost impossible for us to, to be one nation. And I would love that. I, I've been, I've been <laughs> like, about that I for eons. I've been saying, to, telling everybody, if, if the government realized that if we all united, 
the shit would be over. Like the there would be no more questions asked. But there really is no Republican Democrat. It's all one big conglomerate that works together. The idea of division yeah. is what keeps us divided, and everything is polar. There's no there's no midway in anything now. Every argument I hear on the street is one extreme to the next. There's no in between, and people don't know how to communicate anymore. Yeah, we don't. I, for one, will will admit like I love. And I accept all people, if they're LGBTQ, whatever their identity is. Um, but it's like, I don't know how to, to confront like the different labels. I don't even understand them. And now this has become the way to understand people is you have to understand, you know, the label, the description of it. And, and that can be very difficult for someone who wasn't, you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't raised like that. Right. I was just raised to love all people. I love communists. I love uh, right wingers to a degree, <laughs> left wing, <laughs> left people to a degree. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I love people of, of whatever, like every religion. I have Muslim friends. I have Wiccan friends, Jewish friends, but I don't see them as Jews or right. Muslims or Wiccans or atheists. I just see them as people. Right. And that goes back to my point. Like when I'm walking down the street, I'm not thinking in my head. I wonder who they prefer to sleep with at night. Like that, that shit never crosses my mind, but the government oh, no. made it such a point to put that in everybody's fucking head that now when we see people immediately, I have to start thinking about this other language that, that they produce these, these pronouns and stuff. And I get that fucked mm -hmm. up all the time. And it's not because I don't like it. It's not because I don't agree or I don't support it. It's just because I don't mm -hmm. fucking understand it. You know, I, I don't understand how I look at one person a singular and have to to call them a plural it just it's weird for me and i think you're right like we're coming from a different school like you're you're about to turn 40 i'm about to turn 50 this year so it's like the school that i come from none of these pronouns existed you had a name and if you didn't get called by your name then you knew you were in trouble but there was no they them him whatever it was just your name it almost feels like um it's a uh it's it's something it's, it's something to go on um something that can evolve into something maybe better understood one day um in in the quest of getting to learn the new you know the way people are nowadays i i i see a person who who may be different than me and I don't even think about their differences. I don't think about their sexuality or their beliefs or lack thereof it, it, because it doesn't matter to me because it, it also doesn't affect me. They're just, they're people just like me. Um, we were born on this earth and it's, it's, it's the, cate the categories that, that, that can be frustrating. Um, well, in Texas, we have a really good way of doing it though. Frustrating doesn't mean that, that we don't, uh, accept their individuality it just means that we're having to we probably need an encyclopedia to to learn how to interpret people now and we shouldn't it right. almost feels like this is very orwellian that's, in a way that's being put on now by, I, I can't times <laughs> that's that's being put on us by the media and by government though i think i, I think that that's a reference to pronouns all this stuff like i, I don't look at anybody any different you know, it, I don't care what race you are, who you prefer to sleep with, you know, what you identify as doesn't really matter to me. You know, what, what matters to me is, you know, can I trust you? Are you a good person? 
You know, am, am I going to worry about you if I turn my back? That's what matters to me, not the other shit. But it just seems like they've been banging that drum, right. the government shoving that down our throat. And it's like, you know, in Texas, we have a really cool way of, of, of addressing pronouns. And it's been there for ages. We've been we've been addressing this pronoun since, since day one of Texas. And it's called y'all. It encompasses everybody. It's, it's all inclusive. Right. Yeah, that's so true. So how, how is Texas these days? Are you still in Texas? Yeah, I am. Cool. Um, I actually actually moved to Dallas. And let me tell you something. It, it, it's, it's been difficult for me to adjust because I I like being alone. I don't like being around a lot of people at all at all times which is, you know, why I hiked so much. Um, but I would prefer a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but yesterday I got lost trying to buy a couple bags of ice. And I just <laughs> see like, holy shit, like this is a big fucking city. And the only thing I, that comes to mind is like, like war driving and, and, oh, and playing flipper and like the, the possibilities are endless. Like I could have so much fun here if I would just, embrace it <laughs> they used to they used to have a uh, fries over there in grapevine and i used to go to the fries with with a little rf jammer and i would go into where the tvs w- were at and i it had the rolling rotating codes on this chip and i would go in there and turn off all the tvs and fuck with the tvs just to, just for fun but fries was awesome they shut that down now but yeah i lived in dallas for for quite a bit and i enjoyed dallas man but uh man i love Ghost, it's been awesome having you on. I, I'd like to have you on again after our uh, documentary comes out so that we can kind of circle back and, and touch base. And uh, if anybody wants to get involved with, with what you're doing or, or wants to support what you're doing, how can they get a hold of you or how can they get involved? Uh, the best way to, to learn like what I'm up to is go to ghostexodus.org. Um, it's still in the process. I'm just still trying to rearrange the content to get the right aesthetic, but um, nevertheless, regardless of what's on there, that is what I keep up to date. Um, so that's how you would do that. Cool. Well, hey, man, so it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to have you on and uh, definitely stay in touch. Any last words for, for the audience or for anybody? Um, as I love to say, um, hack responsibly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's, it's, it's wild because, you know, I, I was like a religious black hat i was sold to the cause that's where i sold my soul to um and you know i don't know prison taught me that you can still have fun but you can actually do it the right way i hack on uh on virtual machines now i haven't hacked outside of that in 13 years so um there may come a day but there probably won't i love these virtual labs uh if you want to learn uh get your virtual machines and go on to try hack me. There's a lot of online resources. And if you want to make money doing it, don't steal other people's money. Go do some bug bounties. If you're such a badass. <laughs> 100%. Thanks Gus. We'll take care brother, And uh, we'll talk soon. Cheers. Have a good one.